of the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Crossover, step back! Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the dagger? It is a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Agent back to pass. Rushed out of the pocket. Throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. Oh, he caught it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It is Thursday the 16th, and you're tuned in to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. Since 1995, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths have delivered distinguished remodeling services to our home community of Martinsburg. From new construction to remodeling, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths can design your new kitchen or bath. Check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com. On Facebook, or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Warner, alongside me, Parker Stone in studio, and then down on location uh, at the West Virginia Boys State Basketball Tournament, Luke Wiggs. Luke, what's going on, man? Oh, not much. How are you guys today? It's a big day. I'm hanging in there. Sounds like you just woke up. (laughs) (laughs) Not too long ago. To be fair, I honestly didn't wake up that long ago either. But uh, big day today in sports. Of course, it's the biggest basketball day of the year today and tomorrow with the uh, NCAA tournament getting started. But we're right in the thick of things and another big basketball tournament downstate uh, for the West Virginia Boys State Basketball Tournament. So what did you see last night? Had a couple of good games. Yeah, we certainly did. It's been a very competitive tournament. Um, the the nightcap, I think, was the most interesting game last night uh, in Class AA between uh, Charleston Catholic and South Harrison. Obviously, South Harrison had Austin Peck. Uh, we know Corey Bolden, somebody that's going to be playing at a high level in Division Two. And South Harrison was held to just six points in the second half. The Irish were able to get the job done. Coach Moles, one of the best coaches in the state. Charleston Catholic advances. Uh, Tuck Valley played a really good game against Wavhama. They've got a freshman point guard that's going to be a very good player. Um, that was a single-A game in Class AA. Williamstown beat the crap out of Trinity. 81-40 to was the final scorer of that game. Uh, Bluefield beat Wheeling Central in double-A. Tucker again in single-A beat East Hardy 77-51. to Tucker County's got a really big team. Uh, and then Chapmanville, the other double-A quarterfinal, they beat Ravenswood 49-43, to trying to make another deep tournament run. So it was smaller schools yesterday, uh, but certainly very competitive and entertaining basketball nonetheless. Well, my favorite part about uh, the games yesterday was Williamstown. I I think in my head I was saying Williamstown because of the how it's spelled, but it's Williamstown, W-E-E Williamstown. But uh, that was a good one, and um, forgive me, I can't remember uh, the name of the team that played Trinity, but um, they're really good. Williamstown. Oh, yeah, Williamstown. 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 Goodness, I was in here saying it. Uh, they were, I mean, I was impressed to see how they played yesterday. Yeah, they've, they've got length and uh, athletes at all five positions, and you're absolutely right. I uh, Knowing somebody that works for Metro News, uh, Ethan Collins, who goes to Williamstown, uh, we refer to it as Weemstown. <laughs> uh, and, yes, they, they look very, very good in Class AA. Some people make the argument they're untouchable. Uh, I said that South Harrison had a pretty good shot against them, but they get knocked out by Charleston Catholic. Can Charleston Catholic return that favor? Uh, we'll certainly have to see. Um, and then, of course, like you said, the tournament continues. We've got great games today. Not only our Panhandle matchup, we could talk about a little bit later, but uh, Shady, I'm sorry, yeah, Shady Springs is playing today. North Marion's playing today. Uh, and, of course, vested interest by our general manager, the Ripley Vikings, will have the first game of the day uh, against Elkins, and that's probably going to be one of the best crowds we've seen all week. 
So, Luke, I wanted to ask you about those AAA matchups, actually. Number one, Shady Spring. They're coming in, the defending champs from last year. They take on eight-seeded Hampshire, who snuck their way in with a road win to win their region. And then on the other side, the team that lost in the state championship in AAA, Fairmont Senior, they got North Marion, the other team coming from that region that where Berkeley Springs is placed in. So how do you think those two games are going to fare today as these are two of the big AAA quarterfinal matchups people are going to be watching for? Well, that's certainly the thing, because in Class AAA, I think it's the most competitive bracket from top to bottom. Ripley, like we mentioned, they've got a really young freshman who's six foot nine, uh, who's the future of their program. Elkins, this is their once-in-a-generation team. They're just the sixth seed, but they're dangerous. You mentioned Fairmont Sr. with Deshaun Good taking on North Mary, and, and obviously Fairmont Sr., the more talented of those two teams, but you've got yourselves a local rivalry, a regional rivalry. Uh, Sickles for North Mary and is one of the best post players in the tournament, so I know they're going to give him a good fight. And we've seen Hampshire play. They've got good guard play. They can hit the three. They've got Easton Chanholtz inside, who's one of the more talented players in the state when he can get going. But Shady Springs, I mean, they score a million points. That's going to be a tough team to beat. And then you've got that Herbert Hoover-Scott game. Herbert Hoover, obviously, just down the road here in Charleston, have a pretty – rabid fan base so they're going to have a pretty good squad as well and then you've got the scott skyhawks that have had some pretty good recent success like i said class triple a is the most wide open bracket you know if we had a, a tournament challenge bracket for uh you know listeners and things like that at triple a i think is where you'd see the most upsets and that's going to be really competitive basketball today so let's talk about the Panhandle matchup. Jefferson, of course, the uh, final Panhandle team in action it was potentially going to be a Jefferson-Hedgesville semifinal, which would have been insane, and I'd have been pretty jealous that you were going to be down there to watch it. But Jefferson taking on Parkersburg South. It's a tough matchup, but Jefferson had a tough matchup the game before, and they were able to handle it uh, fairly easily. So what do you think about their matchup against Park South today? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that Hedgesville-Jefferson potential semifinal. Unfortunately, it didn't happen, but uh, Richard Lewis kind of joked about that in his press conference, and he said, oh, yeah, I wish we could have screwed up the attendance, you know, because knocking <laughs> these local teams out, these panhandle teams that are having a hard time traveling, there you know probably be 100 people there. But it obviously is a different Jefferson team than the Jefferson team that struggled in the midway point of the season when they came down to Charleston. They lost to South Charleston. They lost uh, to the GW team by a large margin. He said travel had a lot to do with that location fatigue, you know, midseason woes. Jefferson's not a seven seed. That's another thing that Richard Lewis said. I think they match up much better with Parkersburg South than they do against GW, a GW team that they just beat. You know, Cyrus Traw is a tough player. Austin Reeves is a tough player. But Jefferson's got that length and quickness on the outside. And I think they prove that even though they're six foot three, six foot two down low uh, with the Shively brothers, they can still control the paint relatively well. So it's going to be a higher scoring game, I think, than the GW game. Parkersburg South is the highest scoring team in Quad A. Jefferson's pretty close to it as well, to the tune of about 75 points per game. From a matchup standpoint, again, it's better, but it's a Parkersburg South team that just went to the state championship last year. Remember, this is a rematch of the state semifinal matchup a season ago. So you have to hope that that revenge angle continues for Jefferson. They lose to GW earlier in the year. They avenge that loss. They lose to Parkersburg South in the semifinal finals last year hopefully they'll avenge that loss in a game that's going to be played here at about 11 15 this morning and luke i wanted your perspective on this when jefferson matched up with gw you could say those were two different play styles jefferson liking to run the floor hitting the three-pointers gw more of wanting to be a half-court team using their size and their advantage to play down low now when you look at parkersburg south it's more if you look at the scale it more pushes to the jefferson style of play they like to push down the floor a good bit how do you think jefferson's going to counteract that well, that's the thing. I think they tried to play a little bit of pace and space in the GW game. 
They kept the ball out of Ben Nichols' hands. That was a lower scoring. It was a 52-41, I believe. I think they're going to be more willing to get up and down the floor and run. Now, Parkersburg South does have some pretty good size inside. They've got six foot eight. They've got six foot two. Nathan Plotner's that tough. Uh, senior who's six foot eight on the interior that's going to present some problems like GW did, uh, but it's going to be more of a guard-oriented game than the first round. You don't have to worry about Ben Nickel. You don't have to worry about six three, six six, six eight on the wing like GW had. And I think that Jefferson's going to try to play to their strength again, try to get up and down the floor and shoot the ball well. It was all about whether or not the Cougars could shoot the ball well in the Civic Center, which is something they didn't necessarily prove last year. Um, but Will Shively starts the game 5-5 five of five from three. If they're able to carry in some of that three-point shooting momentum, this game very easily could be 70-all, 80-all, uh, and a very high-scoring game. So how have the uh, crowds been down there? I mean, uh, of course, for the teams that are from far away, like the Panhandles and things like that, they're not going to have a ton of uh, fan support because of how far of a trip it is, but for those local teams, it sounds like they've gotten pretty raucous. Yeah, we filled the lower bowl a couple of times yesterday, and I expect that to continue to be the same today, again, with teams like Herbert Hoover playing and uh, Elkins playing. People making a lot of noise. It's been some pretty fun crowds. But, um, yeah, like you said, uh, really good crowds yesterday in a handful of games. Clay Patel traveled well. Um, The Charleston School is always able to travel well. Uh, Charleston Catholic and South Harrison both have good crowds. Wahama had a really good crowd. Um, it, it's been pretty good to see and uh, lining the wallets of the kind folks that own the Charleston Coliseum. <laughs> That's all that matters. That's the uh, the big point right there is all that matters. But uh, you can get in touch with us. 304-263-4321 is the text line. If you head over to our Twitter page right now, at EP Sports Network, we got a uh, link up there for our Panhandle Sports Live Bracket Challenge. Uh, go ahead and throw it up there. If you've already done one on ESPN, you can just copy it over to, to uh, our group as well, and then you're in there without having to do any extra work. But, Parker, I'll ask you here for uh, high school basketball-wise, still talk about Jefferson and Park South today. Uh, how do you think they're going to fare? Do you think they're going to fare a little bit better than Hedgesville did? I think it's going to be a closer game than what it is. We came to the conclusion, I think, towards the end of the season, Jefferson separated themselves as being the best team on the boys' side in the Eastern Panhandle. I think it's going to be a close game. I think this one's honestly as coin flip as you can get. If Jefferson, and Luke's alluded to this, if they can find a way and they can hit their shots on a consistent basis, because Will Shively came out and nailed five three-pointers in that game. If he's able to do that, Jefferson's going to put up a fight and have a good chance to avenge last year and get to the state championship game. Really, they got to find a way to hit the shots and really shut down Cyrus Traw. He's a fantastic athlete, and he's the type of player that can just take over a game at any moment. If they're able to do those two things, I think Jefferson's got a really good shot at pulling the upset once again, getting to the championship game. But Parkersburg South, a really tough draw, a team that's trying to get back to the state championship again this year. It's going to be as coin flip as you can call it. It's I've heard so many people calling the West Virginia-Maryland matchup today a coin flip. I mm-hmm. think this is also one of those scenarios where it, if one thing goes a certain team's way, that's what's going to swing this game. So we saw Parkersburg South nail a 12-2 run on Hedgesville to really space out that lead and win that game towards the end of that. If Jefferson's defense can hold together, and I think that's one of the most underrated things about the Cougars game, if they're able to use that defense to their advantage, maybe use some of those zone looks they used against Spring Mills in the regional final. If they're able to do that, I think they got a good chance to pull the upset again today. Well, do you think Shively's going to be able to do that against Parkersburg South? And of course, and don't forget, also, he got into some foul trouble there at the end of their first game, too, which, of course, at that point, it was pretty much all said and done for uh, the Cougars moving on. But, I mean, Luke, what do you think? Is he going to have the success shooting like he uh, Could he potentially have the success shooting like he did? Uh, in round one against Parkersburg South and I mean is the pressure just continuing to build on top of his shoulders for this team 
I think there's a tremendous amount of pressure for him in the first-round game. You know, he talked about the second I came on the floor, I knew it could be my last game as a Cougar and still rose to the occasion. And, and frankly, Jane Gladney didn't play that well in the first game. I think Jamari Jenkins was uh, a key performer for Jefferson. But the, the thing about it is, is they get through that first-round game. Vickers has come alive late in the season, didn't necessarily have a huge impact. Again, Gladney didn't. Johnson didn't. So as well as Jefferson played to pull that upset, and most of it was propelled by Jenkins and Shively, the best complete version of Jefferson is yet to come. You could see that against Parkersburg South. You're probably going to have to see that against Jeff, uh, Parkersburg South. Uh, Jefferson's going to have to get more players involved, and that's something they're more than capable of doing. So to answer the Shively question, I would be floored if he didn't get into double figures today, but I think we're going to see more Robin step up to his Batman. What do you think, Park? I think so. I think it's the same type of thing. The thing in these state tournaments is you don't want to get over-dependent on one player because that's when a team – the film's out now on Jefferson in his first round. Parkersburg has done their homework, I'm sure. So they're going to put an eye on Will Shively, maybe put two eyes over on Will Shively. So it's going to take a good performance by Jamari Jenkins, by Jaden Gladney, from Wyatt Shively, those other guys, to step up and take some of that pressure off of Will. I'm really looking for Jamari Jenkins today. I think that's the guy that needs to have a big game for the Cougars if they want to pull the upset once again. He's a fantastic shooter, great playmaker when he has the ball in his hands. If he's able to use that and match up with Cyrus Trawl's playmaking ability, I think there's a good chance once again it could happen, and it all depends on that. That and Jaden Gladney, if he can find a way to use his speed, get to the rim, fight through that t- tough interior defense that Parkersburg South has, the Cougars got a shot. They have a really a puncher's shot. We talked at it at length. I think them being a seven seed was disrespectful because they're a lot better than a seven seed. But they get a chance to prove it once again in this matchup against Park South. It's going to be a fun one, and it kicks off at 11.15 today here on the Panhandle News Network. That's right. We'll have your coverage starting at 11.15 or for tip-off between Jefferson and Parkersburg South on WPM and WCST. We'll cut in, doing, or cut in during a Hoppy, but for good reason. And I think you're right. I think um, with Gladney, if he can you know, have a good game, they have enough pieces on this offensive end uh, for Jefferson to be able to. They're a lot like... Hedgesville, um, not as necessarily long as Hedgesville is, but they got enough pieces that they can get you from a couple different angles. You get one guy getting hot, then you know that gives Will Shively some space, then he can start to get hot, and then it kind of plays off each other. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I think they have as good a shot as anybody taking down Parkersburg South and making their way back to the state tournament game. But that'll be right here at eleven fifteen on WPM and WCST, and also on the WPM app. The text is 304-263-4321. Who do you got in this Maryland-West Virginia matchup to kick things off in the NCAA tournament today right around noon? Uh, Parker and I got our jerseys on today. I got my Maryland uh, Steve Blake jersey on, and you got your who? It's a uh, and Luke will love this shout. Dennis Kalichula. Yes, it is. It is Dennis Kalichula. <laughs> where, where did you find a Dennis Kalichula jersey? So I got this is over a decade old. This jersey is. It's it's an old one. I think I got this when. We went, act funny enough, to the Charleston Coliseum back when they did the uh, Capital Classic between West Virginia and Marshall. <laughs> I think I think this is where I got it. We went and watched that game. I was, oh, how old was I when that? I, I was at least probably twelve or thirteen when that happened. But somehow this thing still fits, and it's a favorite of mine. And I wish they would bring back the black jersey with the uh, the Mountaineer script on the back of on the back of the jersey. That mm-hmm. thing is gorgeous. They need to bring that jersey back. I don't know, man. Uh, these old Maryland jerseys were pretty tight back in the day. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Maryland does have some really cool threads. Telling like, you, they're they they're, they're like top 15, 20 in the nation. When it, I mean, even like all around, like football, basketball, mm-hmm. they're top twenty. The baseball jerseys are pretty nice too. They're like they're cream. solid. They're pretty sick. They're pretty sick. But Luke, I think my jersey might be older than you are. 
quite that's honestly. A, that's probably a fair assessment. I just can't get over the fact <laughs> that there's somebody walking God's green earth with a Dennis Kalichla. <laughs> if you look online, Dennis Kalichla is still playing professional basketball in You're Turkey. You're kidding. Uh, for Pinyar Karasaikia of the Basketball Superliga. How old is he that's now? Funny. Like late 30s? He's 32. 32? He's huh. a lot younger than what I thought he was. He looked like he was... 42 when he was playing at West Virginia. <laughs> well, here's another Eastern European uh, basketball shout for you, Luke. I used to have a Nick Caner medley jersey. Do you ever you remember Nick Caner medley? He's still oh, playing yeah. in Azerbaijan. There you go. I didn't know Azerbaijan had a league. Yeah, me neither. I also didn't know that he is also um, Azerbaijani. Yeah, didn't know wow. that either. But anyways, uh, get in touch with us. 304-263-4321 is the text line. If you head to our Twitter at EP Sports Network, got the link to our bracket challenge. Go ahead and get in there and see if you uh, can outsmart the PSL crew. I'll let you know my winner, Alabama. So uh, that's who I got going. Alabama, Houston in my final. So uh, we'll see if that'll work its way true or not. But we'll step aside a few minutes. We'll come back and we'll talk about that Maryland-West Virginia matchup on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Tweet the guys at EP Sports Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchen to Bath. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchentobath.com. On Facebook or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. Jordan Dice Warner alongside me, Parker Stone. Luke Wiggs joining us on location down in Charleston, where he has been uh, taking in the boys' West Virginia State basketball tournament. Don't forget, Jefferson in action today at 11.15 against Parkersburg South. We'll have your action right here. We'll have a full day of uh, basketball on WEPM and WCST today. But Jefferson and Park South are going to be tipping off at 11.15. But another big game tipping off right around that time. It's at 12.15, Maryland-West Virginia. 8-9 matchup to start things in this 2023 NCAA basketball tournament. I mean, it seems like it's pretty much split down the middle uh, who has the opportunity to win this. Of course, I picked the Turpies to win. I'm going to assume you guys picked the Mountaineers to win. Uh, but, Parker, start with you. Uh, what do you think about this matchup? West Virginia, or uh, Maryland, rather, they're athletic. They're fast. They're not necessarily the biggest team They're gonna West Virginia's going to run into. But they can hit you from a couple different angles. And uh, West Virginia, I mean, they've had a pretty rocky season, but they've turned it around at the end. Yeah, it's been up and down for both these teams. Maryland comes into this game 21-12 and 12 on their season. The Mountaineers 19-14 and 14 on the year. I would say the advantage for West Virginia would be playing in the more difficult conference in the Big 12 with getting that many teams into the tournament. Maryland's had their ups and downs this season. They've been close to being ranked, if not ranked, this season. So really on Maryland, you're going to be looking for their point guard, Jameer Young, and their forward, Julian Reese. Those two guys are going to be the big scorers for the Terrapins. They're one of the top teams in the nation in adjusted offense and defense efficiency as well, and their turnover rate is really on the minimum end. And they try and limit their opponent to low three-pointer percentage as well as what Maryland likes to do. They tend to get into foul trouble, though, so that's the thing to look forward to. And for the Mountaineers, solid offense, below average defense is really what you look for for these teams. And statistically, nine seeds have won 11 out of the last 16 meetings with number eight in the past four NCAA tournaments. So a thing to look forward to if you're wanting to fill out your bracket this morning. Part of the reason why I picked the Mountaineers for this matchup, I think this is as much of a coin flip game as you can call it in the NCAA tournament. Both these teams could win this matchup. I just think West Virginia's strength of schedule proves they win this one. Well, I'm looking here on uh, CBS, Luke, and it's got the um, user pick predictions on here. And it seems like the country, 58% of it at least, has West Virginia winning it. Yeah, the majority of experts have West Virginia winning this game as well. The thing about Maryland is they're not incredibly deep. Uh, they really only have a seven-man rotation, and they're not good at all on the road. They were 16-1 and at home this year. 
uh, and they've just kind of struggled to win games away from College Park. But like Parker alluded to, they're pretty good defense. The defense travels in the NCAA tournament, but offensively they don't do anything incredibly efficiently. You know, the two-point percentage, three-point percentage from the free throw line, you know, nothing really jumps off the page. They need to have huge individual performances, which they're more than capable of doing. But I think when you write the script to how each of these teams need to win the game, there's a couple of different subplots you can use for West Virginia and a handful of players you can really key in on propelling the Mountaineers to success. And I think there just aren't as many avenues for Maryland to be as successful. Now, again, the matchup's still incredibly close, but I just think there are more ways for West Virginia to be able to win this game. Well, I think it's really going to come down to how well Jameer Young, of course, is going to play. And then Eric Stevenson uh, for West Virginia. I mean, that's their biggest point getters. I mean, 16 for Jameer, 15 for Eric. And um, if they don't have big games for either of these teams, when they go, the teams go. When they don't, the teams don't. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. But I think there's a lot of other Mountaineers playing well at this point in the year. Emmett Matthews is playing well. Kadrian Johnson has really started to turn it on. Uh, And off the bench, Seth Wilson has shown shown flashes at times. Uh, But I think you're right. The thing about Stevenson, though, is as much as he can propel you to victory, he can just absolutely decimate a team by taking bad shots and Mm -hmm. forcing really horrible turnovers. So it's one of those games where if he doesn't have it, he needs to become more of a, a decoy and a facilitator, which is something he has not been as willing to do this season. But if he's on, he's on. And you're right. He presents some unique challenges, just like Jameer Young does as Maryland. And I think that's what uh, college basketball fans want is to see the two best players on two evenly matched teams uh, go crazy here in the first round. And I mean, obviously, this is going to be the most watched game of the first round because it's the only one on when it begins at twelve fifteen, and hopefully it'll be competitive enough to catch eyes. Jim Nance is on this game. It's the number one crew for CBS. They obviously are they uh, they pair that crew with who they think is the top number one seed, which is Alabama. Uh, so West Virginia is going to be in prime time in front of a lot of people, and I hope they don't squander that opportunity. And I'm sure Jordan feels the same way about Maryland. So if you were to pick one guy on the Mountaineer side, Luke, to say, okay, this guy needs to have a big game to advance and predictably play Alabama in the round of 32, who's it going to be? Is it a guy like Eric Stevenson? Is it Emmett Matthews, a guy who historically has played really well in the NCAA tournament? Is it a guy like off the bench like Joe Toussaint, Trey Mitchell, Kedrian Johnson? Who are you looking at? It's Kadrian Johnson for me. I'm, I'm a big point guards guy. He, he's the best free throw shooter on the team. He's somebody that can give you 20. Bob Huggins has called him the best on-ball defender in the Big 12. He's called him the best on-ball defender in the country. So he's going to be asked to do a lot today. And when he becomes a facilitator, that's when the Mountaineers are their most dangerous. If he finishes this game, I, I guess the prediction I'll make is if Kadrian Johnson has five assists or more, West Virginia will win this game. So to me, it's uh, Kadrian Johnson for him being the most important two-way player that the Mountaineers have. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Maryland's got necessarily too much of a chance. I saw on ESPN they got a 51% chance, the expert, to get them to get into the round of 32, which I think is fair because, uh, and they also have lost, I saw 11 of 13 road game slash uh, neutral site games uh, in the season, which is not a great statistic when you got to go all the way down to Birmingham um, to play in the NCAA tournament. But uh, what do you think about West Virginia, Park? What do you think? Do you think they're built for uh, a little bit of a run, or do you think it's just kind of survive in advance like everybody else? Well, if they weren't running into the into the buzz saw that is Alabama, I could right. say realistically it could be something there. I just think I think really round of thirty two might be the ceiling for this team. They could get maybe Alabama a close game, but again, Alabama got good. Alabama got beat pretty good by Oklahoma earlier this season. So there's some hope there for an upset. I think it's weird because this 
and I've heard so many people talk about this. This is the most wide open NCAA mm-hmm. tournament I could think of in a long, long time. It, you don't know who's going to win here, who's going to go there, and it's been like that all this season too. The number one, number one in the in the AP poll has been knocked off so many times this season. Some people are saying, "Oh, Houston's going to win it. They're going to try and get back to the national championship game." The Final Four is in Houston this year. Alabama's been one of the better teams in the nation this year. Purdue arguably has the best player in the nation in Zach Eady down low. Kansas, the defending national champion. You've got UConn, who a lot of people are picking to make a run. Duke to make a run. Marquette's a really hot team. I'm sure uh, one of our good friends, Rick Kozlowski, of course, has a lot of vested interest in to the Golden Eagles over that way. Can Gonzaga finally get the job done after all these years making it to this point? There's a lot of storylines in this NCAA tournament. That's what's going to make it fun this year. But realistically, I think round of 32 is probably where West Virginia gets dropped off at because Alabama, again, they're just a really good team. They're clicking on all cylinders right now. It's going to be tough to beat the Tide. Well, we'll step aside here for just a few minutes. We'll come back and we'll, uh, well I'm going to ask you guys about your brackets because, of course, we have our Panhandle Sports Live Bracket Challenge up right now on our Twitter page. Go check it out at EP Sports Network. Let us know uh, who you think is going to win between West Virginia and Maryland and then fill your bracket out and uh, let us know who's going to win the national tournament. Got a text here. Get a text line 304-263-4321. Texter says, well, I think West Virginia beats the Turtles. I am uh, and I detest anything from Maryland. Jeez. Alabama will boat race West Virginia. Uh, they're way too long and athletic. Yeah, I agree with that one. I don't know about uh, the testing anything from Maryland. My goodness. You, you don't eat steamed crabs? You don't get you know crab crabs or anything? I mean, Babe Ruth, come on. Yeah, there there's so much. There's so much stuff. But anyways, uh, Texas 304-263-4321. We'll be back with more Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Tweet the guys at EP Sports Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchen to Bath. Check them out at mountaineerkitchen2bath.com. On Facebook or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. Jordan Ice Warner alongside me, Parker Stone. And joining us on location down in Charleston is Luke Wiggs. If you head over to our Twitter page at EP Sports Network, uh, you can join, join our uh, bracket challenge uh, ESPN Bracket Challenge up there. So if you already have an ESPN Bracket, you can um, sub that over. You don't even have to go through the picking process again. It's nice and simple and easy. Uh, so go ahead and do that now. I think you got, what, three hours, I guess, until we brackets until closed? Noon, yeah. yeah, until brackets are closed up. But I'll ask you guys, uh, what are your Sweet 16s? What's your Elite Eight? What's your Final Four? What do you What do you got when, you know, Parker, what do you got when it really gets down to crunch time this tournament? All right, so I'll give you my Sweet 16 looks. Coming out of the north part of the south, I've got Alabama and UVA in the Sweet 16 on that part. And then for my Sweet 16 on the bottom half of the south region, and get ready for this one, Creighton and Utah State. I I love the Creighton move. Creighton and Utah State is who I have. I have Utah State upsetting Arizona in the round of 32. On the opposite side of the top end, i got Houston and 12-seeded Drake in the Sweet 16. And I've got Xavier and Texas A&M in that matchup as well to the south side to the bottom end of the bracket i got purdue and duke kansas state and marquette kansas and yukon and then gonzaga and ucla as part of my sweet 16 what about you uh luke you got yours uh, handy there yeah i do it's a shame i haven't been able to pick as many upsets this year as i'd like to in years past it just becomes a matchup issue for me i only have one double digit seed in the sweet 16 and it's college of charleston shout out to dalton Bolin who played two seasons at west liberty with an eye patch on 
which is unbelievable. Uh, but it's kind of chalk in terms of the South Alabama, Charleston, Bale, Arizona. There just isn't really enough uh, to say upset there. Uh, in the East, in the Sweet 16, Purdue is the most beatable one. I really think Memphis is going to give them a game in the second round of the tournament, but I still have them. I've got Duke making a run along with Marquette, who Marquette I have losing to Houston in the national championship game. I've got Miami, who I know is an upset for pick for a lot of people. Um, I think Parker picked them for an upset if I'm correctly uh, but I love Jim Laranega and they made a run last season so I stick with them uh, Texas a really talented team I have them beating Iowa State in the Sweet 16 as well and uh, what else Kansas against UConn the UConn when they're playing at 100% in mm-hmm. my opinion is the most talented team in the country not named Houston I just think Danny Hurley's a horrible coach and then you've got Gonzaga and UCLA. But, again, the national championship game for me is Houston against Marquette. I think Marquette really answered a lot of concerns about their defense from a season ago. Offensively, they're coming out of one of the best conferences in basketball, one of the most historic conferences in basketball. And I like really good teams that win their conference tournament. You know, it's one thing to be a top seed. You know, Houston lost. I, I get that because of Sasser, uh, and it, it just didn't really mean that much. They were already going to be stuck on the one line. But I think Marquette's has so much momentum because they're as good as they are, and they just ran through their conference tournament. Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like with this uh, tournament this year, it was tough to kind of pick some of these upsets. But my Sweet 16, of course, uh, Alabama, Virginia in the south, Baylor, Arizona. Going down to the east, Purdue, Tennessee. Uh, There's a couple teams in this this NCAA tournament this year that I think are just tough to bet against when these programs – or in the NCAA tournament, like a UCLA, like a, uh, a UConn, you know, Gonzaga, those type of teams. Uh, so I got Gonzaga uh, getting into the round of 16, but getting beat, or I'm sorry, Gonzaga getting into the Sweet 16 to go against UCLA, but getting beat by UCLA. I think they're going to be kind of the buzzsaw in this tournament that, you know, yes, they're number two seed, but they're out west. So, you know, it's tough to get that West Coast bias or East Coast bias out of that. But my final four, Kansas State, Alabama, Xavier, UCLA, national champion, Alabama beating UCLA uh, in a barn burner. So that's what I got going on. I think it's going to be a uh, an interesting NCAA tournament. Well, you mentioned Tennessee. You might not like this one. I got Tennessee dropping the game against Louisiana. That's one of oh, my yeah? exact picks. have Virginia going to the Sweet 16. I don't know necessarily if they're going to get out of the first round against Furman. I mean, you think about the way that pack line plays. They can't ever put a team away. Uh, they're very good defensively, but they can't put up 10, 15-point games. And I know that Furman's a really popular upset pick. The the Paladins are one of the better three-point shooting teams. 46% of their shots come from beyond the arc. It's their first time making it in 46 years. Uh, that's a really popular upset people for pip, uh, uh, people that are picking their brackets, and I think it's uh, one that could come to fruition. But you're right about Tennessee. Since their point guard went down the last six mm-hmm. weeks of the season, they've not been very good. Well, I don't think Duke's got it in them. I think they uh, – I mean, it's their lowest seeding, I think, ever in program history, coming in at a number five. So that's I, nuts. And I, they haven't impressed me at all this year. So I don't think – I mean, of course, I think they beat Oral Roberts, but I think Tennessee has enough uh, to clip the Blue Devils Blue Devils in the round of 32. But what's your biggest upset? I think my biggest one – I think I have, I have Charleston beating San Diego State. I think that's really the most uh, aggressive one. What do you got, Park? Uh, yeah, I've got College of Charleston beating San Diego State in the in the opening round, but I have UVA clipping them in the round of 32. I've got Drake – I mentioned before Drake beating Miami and Indiana on the road to the Sweet 16 – 
I've got Texas A&M making a little bit of a run here. They knock off Penn State. I have them beating Texas in the round of 32 and then beating Xavier in the Sweet 16 to get to the Elite Eight and play in Houston. I really like Buzz Williams. He's done a fantastic job at other programs like Virginia Tech and over at Marquette. I think he's going to do some good work with the Aggies this March. I got VCU advancing over St. Mary's but dropping the game against UConn. I think UConn's just too talented. Mm -hmm. I didn't pick this when I originally made my bracket, but if I could have a redo right now, I kind of like Arizona State over TCU. I, Arizona State looked really good last night playing Nevada. Now, I know the difference between Nevada and TCU is kind of a big difference. TCU is also one of the better defensive teams in the nation. But Arizona State, they put up 98 points last night. That's impressive. And the Sun Devils are coached well. They play well. They're on a roll right now. They knocked off Arizona, who's the number two seed over on the south side of the bracket to really get into the NCAA tournament. But the Sun Devils are playing hot right now, as well as I like Boise State playing Northwestern, I think Boise State has a good chance to knock off Northwestern and honestly knock off UCLA. If the Bruins are coming in a little bit banged up into this tournament, Boise State's a team to look out for. But my Final Four, you mentioned Duke. I think Duke's going to the Final Four. I, they, looked, oh, they looked really good. In makes the, my pick look bad. They looked really good <laughs> in the ACC championship, man. I, I like Duke. I like this way this team's playing right now. They're getting hot at the right time. I like Duke advancing over Marquette. I like Gonzaga getting to the Final Four, beating Kansas in the Elite Eight, as well as I like Houston over Texas A&M, Alabama over Creighton in the Elite Eight. My Final Four, Alabama knocks off Duke, Houston knocks off Gonzaga. 2-1 seeds the national championship. Houston is my pick to win it all with a final score of 82-76. to Oh, man, you caught fire there at the end of that, man. You were like a <laughs> snowball rolling downhill. Just keep it rolling. I'm telling got, you, it's an exciting I, day. They finish it up. Houston finishes the job in their home city. They win the national championship. Go back to their former glory. Shout out to Ra- oh, Ralph Sampson. Who was the uh, bigs over at Houston? Was it Hakeem? Did he play at Houston? Yeah. Are you talking about Fi Slam Jamma? Yeah, that's what I think so. Yeah. Oh, I know. The yeah, reason Clyde I, Drexler was on that team. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, Hakeem and Clyde together. I think that's the reason I said Ralph Sampson, because I think him and uh, Hakeem played he together. He was at Virginia. Yeah, yeah, Ralph Sampson was at UVA, but he played for the Rockets. I think that's where my mind went with that. But I got the Cougs winning it all. I think they beat Alabama. Well, what do you got, uh, Luke? You got any crazy upsets? Were you able to find anyone's in there? Yeah, there were a handful. Uh, the only two teams I had matching up with double-digit seeds in the second round was – uh, the college at Charleston against Furman just because I have very little trust of Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of other upsets, Louisiana and that Tennessee game just because Tennessee, again, I think are in a really bad spot right now. Kent State against Indiana is a really popular pick, and admittedly I went with it just because I think the Golden Flashes just present some unique challenges. Penn State is an upset in the first round. I also have VCU winning as a 12. I know the Atlantic 10 was down this year, but VCU still also looked really good in that conference tournament. Um, and then mostly chalked the rest of the way. Uh, to be honest with you, I've got Duke making a big run just like everybody else. The thing about Duke, except for me, they're a really talented <laughs> team. Uh, it's a it's a first year head coach, and it's kind of similar to those early Mike Krzyzewski teams where it took these young teams about half a season to really come into their own. And they make a run in the NC- ACC tournament. They also rebound the ball on the offensive glass incredibly well. They pull down fifty eight percent of their missed shots, which is unbelievable, especially in the NCAA tournament when you've got first round lottery pick talent. And you get do-overs because of how well you control the offensive glass. I think that's why they could uh, potentially make a run. Uh, but then outside of that, I don't see Gonzaga making as big a run because I think this team is nowhere near as good defensively as they were a season ago. But they're the number one offense in the nation. Uh, and it's three ones and a two for me in the Final Four. Alabama, Houston, Kansas, and then Marquette, that lone two. And then, like I said, I've got Houston over Marquette in the championship game. Well, the thinking for me is the reason I'm going with Gonzaga make a little bit of run here. This, this feels like the year no one's talking about Gonzaga. No one's talking about the Zags this year being a team that can make a run. Everybody's talking Kansas, Marquette, Duke. No one's talking Gonzaga. 
Gonzaga right now. Mark Few is the most consistent head coach in college basketball. And really, you look at their road to the tourney. They're playing Grand Canyon. I'm not going to discount that matchup, but I got Gonzaga winning that one. Did handily. you guys see what happened at Grand Canyon, by the way? Their uniforms got lost, didn't they? Yeah, everything showed up. The band gear, the cheerleader gear, everything showed up with them when they went to the NCAA tournament except the uniforms. My so gosh. they had to practice in T-shirts, and I think they have a contingency plan if their jerseys don't get there in time. Just uh, do what the uh, NBA did for those uh, horrible Christmas jerseys in the mid-2010s. They just wear the uh, jersey, <laughs> the sleeve jerseys. Yeah, I need, the, I need the baggy jerseys back. Bring me back. I've been seeing these pictures popping up from back in, in the 2000s, and you know I need these bag, baggy jerseys back. But. Like, like the poster boy for that is like that uh, St. Bonaventure player. Oh, yeah, like they, the, were, they were pants. They were, they were pants. pants. They were pants. But we got to get to our final break, and we got to let Luke get uh, over to the uh, arena for the, what is this, third day of uh, basketball tournament action, Boys State basketball tournament action. Real quick, Luke, let everybody know what's on the slate today. Of course, Jefferson at 11-15. Yeah, you don't want to miss that Jefferson game today. Again, they pulled the upset in the first round with the only quad A team to pull an upset in the first round. They'll be taking on Parkersburg South in the semifinals for the second time in as many seasons. We'll also see Shady Springs play today. You're going to want to tune in and listen to that game because they're an electric offense. They put up a ton of points. The rest of the AAA quarterfinals will be played, uh, so you're not going to want to miss it. Well, appreciate you, Luke. And, of course, uh, stay up to date over at EP Sports Network uh, and Luke's Twitter page as well, which you can find uh, through EP Sports Network. But uh, we'll step aside, be back, and wrap things up. Oh, and by the way, I think we already lost him. We'll have to text him. Got a brand new Parker's Picks uh, sounder for oh, yeah. March Madness. So get ready for that after the break on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Sports Live, your home for sports in the Panhandle. Here's Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bats. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbats.com on Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me is Parker Stone, and it's time for a March Madness. Parker's Picks. Come on! You said you were going to ride with me! Make it permanent! And you can't! Make it permanent now! I am March! I am March! You get I am Parker's Picks is March, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into it. The best betting time of the year. Ah, I'm so excited. I'm really excited. And best way to kick it off, we went perfect slate yesterday. Capitals beat the Sabres in a shootout. Darren Fox, 32 points in the Kings, 117-114 win over the Bulls. And Arizona State was yesterday's lock of the day. They put 98 points up on the Nevada Wolfpack to get the win in that one. So let's get into today's picks for you. First day, today's lock of the day. We talked about them earlier in our show when we were talking about our brackets. I like these Blue Devils. People are talking about Oral Roberts making a run. They're going to shut it down. I got the Duke Blue Devils beating Oral Roberts as today's lock of the day. I think Duke's just too good right now. They're piecing together the right time. It's a team that I think is going to go really far in this tournament this year. Also for you, I've got... Here's one for you. I love this line. Plus 108. I got Boise State beating Northwestern today as well. I love the Broncos, what they bring together. I think they're going to put a great matchup together against Northwestern. I think they win this matchup, and they're able to get into the round of 32 with a win. So Boise State at a plus 108. That game kicks off at 735 tonight. Love that matchup. As well as I mentioned, Louisiana for you as a potential upset pick. Now, 4-13s, and they're kind of hard to pick. 13 seeds are a little bit hard to get into the round of 32 just from historical matchup settings. But I love the spread. It's plus 
Louisiana. Take that spread. It's it's not going to be a double-digit win for Tennessee. I'm going to promise you that right now. It's going to be a close one. Plus 10.5 for Louisiana today. That is Parker's picks. I like, for the lock of the day, Duke of Oral Roberts, Boise State to beat Northwestern, and Louisiana plus 10.5 against Tennessee. Match all those together. You're looking good. And I got a little, uh, if you want to copy a sled, I got a five leg going out right now. UVA to beat Furman, Utah State to beat Missouri, and those three Parker's picks for you. Pop those together. It's a plus 1349 is what we're looking at right now. So you can put that in, go for it. And then, you know what, if you if you want to be crazy like I did, I did a really small bet and picked every single game today. So if you want to go a little wild with it, definitely uh, send me over those picks over at, at EP Sports Network and show me what you got for today. Let me know where I went wrong, where you're going right, and we'll see where we're going here. Let's just win some money in March. That's what I'm talking about. Let's win some money. Hey, you're not telling anybody about your 16-leg parlay. Oh, I, I picked every game. Yeah, yeah, I picked every game. <laughs> So if a if dollar it, to win like forty grand or whatever. Oh yeah, those are those are the uh, <laughs> the say a prayer bets is what I like to call them. But if you want to know what I picked for every single game today, because I picked every single game listed: West Virginia, Virginia, Utah State, Kansas, Alabama, College of Charleston, Arizona, Arkansas, Iowa, Duke, Texas, Boise State, Houston, Louisiana, Texas A and M, UCLA. That those were all my picks for today's tournament games. And what's that get you on like a dollar, three dollar, whatever you did? So I popped three dollars on this just for, you know what, let's just see what happens. If it were to happen, and I will, there's a good chance if this were to hit today, I might not be here tomorrow. So it'd be, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be over the moon. I don't blame you. I'd win over four grand if it were to happen. So that'd be, that'd be humongous. The odds, that resignation on the desk the next now, day. Okay. Let's pump the brakes there. Four, four grand's not going to get my resignation papers in, but it'd be, it'd be a celebration Friday is all I'm going to say. But if you, if you got different picks, who is your upset pick of the day? Let me know at EP Sports Network. Tweet me or you can text us 304-263-4321. Who is your upset pick? Who's your Cinderella? Who's winning the national championship? It's the most fun month of the year. Tell Let's me. have some fun. Let's have Tell some me. fun. I agree, man. And uh, go over to our Twitter page, like you said, at EP Sports Network. You can join the Panhandle Sports Live Bracket Challenge, which is live right now. It's open to anybody. We got our brackets in there. Some of uh, co-workers here at the radio station got their brackets in there. Got some uh, listeners and different friends of the program. So join in. Join into the uh, into the action, into the fun that is March Madness. And head to our Twitter page at EP Sports Network and click on that link to join the Bracket Challenge. Man, this is a fun day of the year. Do you, and uh, our... Friend of the program, uh, Rick Kozlowski, he tweeted out, shouldn't the first full day of March Madness be a national holiday? And wh- what's the best way, you think, to spend? Because it's a tough day, right? It's a Thursday. It's a work day. Mm-hmm. It's, tough, it's tough to justify, especially if your boss knows what's going on in the sports I world. I mean, they know it's what's tough, going on. tough to justify uh, putting your you know sick day, your personal day in uh, on today's day, which uh, I know a bunch of my friends did for Friday, they're all going down to Charlestown to sit at the sports book and watch the games all day. <laughs> That's awesome. I know I'm jealous that I can't make it to that. Uh, but what, what's the best, what's in your mind the perfect way to spend a NCAA tournament day one? Well, I, I saw a report on this actually. You spoke about just today being a tough day and all that. It's projected that through the month of March with the tournament going on, businesses are going to lose around $16 million <laughs> because of people just not being efficient and watching the tournament. I'd say if you were to put ideally, I'm talking about this, 
this weekend I got plans right now. I th- I, thankfully, this came to fruition. I guess the stars aligned for this. I'm going to go see all my good old high school buddies down, <laughs> down, down in the bottom part of Virginia coming up this weekend. Ideally, you kick back, get like three large pizzas, get you some get you a big old bag of tostitos get the uh get the queso cheese and yep, all that yep. just get get all the work buffalo chicken dip oh yeah we're talking about it have a have a couple of beverages on hand and then you just let it roll and just watch some tournament basketball get everything rolling get a couple games on hand and it's just spend a good old time with your friends it's, it's a just body experiences watching these games having a great time some of the most insane moments over your lifetime and in the past decades have been through this NCAA tournament. I saw people talking about it yesterday on Twitter. What's the greatest Cinderella run in March Madness oh, history? That's got to be... Um, a lot of people said George Mason. Oh, yeah. That that wasn't going to be what I was going to say, but that... Yes. George Mason's George Mason. up there. VCU's up there that one year. That they, George Mason run was crazy, especially around here because all the local media went crazy that's because huge. it's a lo- relatively local team. So that was a fun one. I remember yeah, that. That was a fun one. Loyola Chicago is going to be one that's remembered for a while. You remember... Uh, uh, UMBC a couple years ago. Well, they, they didn't make a run, but they beat but they, Virginia. Their first ever 16 to beat yeah. a one seed. Uh, you remember the? My buddy's got a bet against another friend of mine. We were sitting at a bar uh, watching that game, and um, they just my friend was like, "Hey, if UMBC wins, because my friend was a Virginia fan, he goes, if UMBC wins, I'll get a uh, UMBC tattoo." Oh my god! He never he hasn't done it yet. So I was about to say he's to due. Yeah, he's yeah. due. What did they? Uh, you remember that Florida Gulf Coast team? What do they call? Was it a Dunk City? That's what they called them, or was? I think so. I think it was Dunk City is what they called them. That uh, twelve seed Florida Gulf Coast team about a decade ago. Mm-hmm. I was a fun, just a bunch of fun memories in the NCAA tournament. It's a fun time. Enjoy it. It only comes once a year. It's it's the most <laughs> it's the most wonderful time of the year. I don't I don't care what Santa says. This is the most wonderful time of the year. So that's your ideal day. What about if you're stuck at work? What's the how do you go about it? Because I remember back in the day, I think it was CBS. They had that button that you could hit the boss on the, button. Yeah, the boss button, so it would flip to like a random spreadsheet. Just get or a spreadsheet. Like so, how do you play it if you're at work? Well, I'll say this: it never hurts to ask your boss. Just hey, this game's going, and especially if you have vested interest. And I'm yeah, sure one of them. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there is a lot of vested interest in the, at a certain game at a little after noon today. So, I mean, if worse comes to worse, just say, hey, it's a big game today. And, I mean, it's March. They're probably watching it in their office, too. Let's be honest here. So, it's going to be fun just just to have at it. If you got to pull it up on a phone or something, pull up on a phone and put it on the side or put something on mute. But definitely don't miss out on it because of work. That's all I'm going to say. Don't. I'm not condoning getting yourself in trouble at work, <laughs> but don't miss out on the action either. Yeah, I agree with you. If you're up front with it, I think, um, I think it's okay. I think you're fine. With your, if you're just like, hey, yeah. especially with this West Virginia Maryland game, it's like, look, it's at noon. I just count it as my lunch break. You there you know, go. Just use watch it as, the game. That, see, that's smart. I like that. Use it as your lunch break. You'll get most of that game in. There you go. Before we end for today, uh, the uh, bombshell that was the uh, Aaron Rodgers Pat McAfee show uh, outing. So bas- was it really a bombshell? I mean, he basically confirmed that yes, he's going to the New York yeah. Jets, more or less. It's just it's just a matter of when instead of if is the question now mm. for Aaron Rodgers, but. It's crazy. Definitely uh, going to be interesting seeing him in a Jets uniform coming next year because it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when that conversation is going to come in. Well, it's a big basketball sports day, of course. You got the NCAA tournament kicking off this uh, afternoon. Maryland, West Virginia at 12.15. I believe that's on CBS and uh, the March Madness Live app if you want to uh, watch that game. Also, you got Jefferson. 
facing off against Parkersburg South at 11.15. We'll have all-day coverage of high school basketball starting with that Jefferson game at 11.15 right here on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Uh, but that does it for us for today. If you missed any show, you can listen back to it a little bit later on. But for Parker and Luke, I'm Jordan. This has been Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is next. Talk to you tomorrow. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.